All right. Well, hey, everybody, it's good to have you tonight. Come on in. Time for church to start. Live streamers, wherever you're watching from, whatever platform. It's good to have you, but uh, uh, good day to be in church tonight. Amen? Yeah. Everybody here? Everybody awake? Everybody awake? No, it's not. Am I on? Just, just give, give her a good elbow right in the kidney. Don't wake up. No problem. All right, I got some quick announcements for you real fast. Uh, first off, I got just a handful of things to work through real quick for you. Um, by the way, if you're interested in, in getting a little workout in, getting how many know it's always good to take care of your body? How many know that? Okay, so uh, Amanda, Amanda Fremder is not here tonight. She's kicking uh, off what they call refit, and they're doing that Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. right here in the church. So if you're interested. Uh, in that. See Amanda uh, this Sunday to ask about it. We'll just come to Saturday at 10 a.m. So, and have a good time together and work out together and encourage one another and, and all that business. So, anyways, uh, if you have more questions about that, you can ask me. Uh, I need to announce this. I know they sent something out about this, but if any of you have been paying your tithe and offering through what they call push to pay, uh, we're no longer using that app here uh, with Only Believe as a whole. So, um, if that was you, let me know, but I think they sent something out about it, but it's actually officially ending now. So uh, don't use push to pay for your tithe and your offerings anymore. Uh, but if you have questions about that, let me know. Uh, also, by the way, June uh, is move up time for uh, your kids. So if, you're, if you have a child that was in fourth grade and they're heading to fifth grade this fall, they can start doing youth activities now uh, with our youth age groups. So uh, things of that nature. So anyways, um, move up time is always every June. Let's see a couple more things. Uh, this coming Monday, we got VBS coming the last uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of June. If you want to help us, this coming Monday at 6.30, we're going to gather here and just flyer our local neighborhood with flyers for the BBS. So if you want to help us do that, it'll just take an hour or so. Uh, come on out, meet me here, and we'll just walk through the neighborhood and invite people out uh, to bring their kids to the BBS at the end of this month. And then last but not least, a week from this Saturday on the 17th, not this Saturday, but the next, we're going to have sort of a spring cleaning job list morning here at the church. We got some painting projects. We got some cleanup outside projects. We got some different things we want to do here. So if you're interested in helping with that, I'm going to be here at 9 a.m. on the 17th. So come on out in some work clothes and maybe for three hours or so, we'll just knock some projects out here at the church. Sound good? Amen. All right. So that's all I want to say. So how about we stand up on our feet and let's worship Jesus tonight.
rising today? Did anybody worry about it? No, and we need to have the confidence that he's going to come no matter what because he said he would. What if we never worried if he was with us? Because he says he will never forsake us. He would never leave us. And I just pray that we all have that confidence, the same confidence where we don't worry if the sun's coming up. He's going to come. He's with us now. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. Just getting started when I hit a wall, you just walk through. When I face a mountain, you are the maker, so it's got to move. When I'm out of faith, you are still faithful. When I'm at my worst, you are still good. In all of my questions, you are the answer. It all points to you.
I'm breaking down, you'll be working your way through when there's no way out. This one thing I know, you're still on your throne. So
Some of your family of faith this evening. I like your cue to go back. Well, hi, everybody. We'll give everybody a chance to get their kids checked in downstairs quick and then get back up here. But it's good to have you tonight. Um, tithe and offering, uh, prep to take that. So if you got uh, some tithe and offering to give tonight, 
offering all those in chairs in front of you. If not, wave your hand around and Mr. Mike's right there and he has extra ones for you. So we appreciate your faithfulness and your giving and all the things that are going on. Th things like uh, VBS coming up and even help for youth camp and all these different things that we're doing in the house. Uh, your, your giving is to provision for that. So uh, we thank you for that so we can do things that further grow and build those in the church, but also uh, things that we do outside the church too. So anyways, let me pray over your tithe and offering. If you have something, you can bring it down. Lord, we thank you. Uh, to take moment each time to be able to give. And it is an honor to give, Lord. It, it's the goodness uh, that you're growing us into to teach us to honor you in all areas of our life, including our finances and the increase and in what you bring into our lives. Lord. So as we give tonight, it, it's just uh, an expression of our, our worship and our praise, our love uh, towards you, Lord. The tithe that comes into the house and the offerings that come into the house, Lord, we pray that uh, you do above and beyond what even our own wisdom and stewardship can do with it, Lord, that it is in a way uh, the work of the kingdom that you are accomplishing through every aspect of what we do as a church, including our finances. And we, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And we all say amen. So like I said, uh, Monday night, this coming Monday, if you want to help uh, distribute flyers for the VBS at 630 and then a week from Saturday, 9 a.m. right here, we'll have a little bit of a work morning here at the church with some projects just to get some spring uh, cleaning done, freshening up the church a little bit. I do have one more thing real quick, and I'm going to have Mike help me take care of this. I'll pass this around tonight and Sunday. The VBS is coming in two and a half weeks. So this is not only our annual time to really uh, invest into our kids, but it's also an opportunity for some of you to invest in our kids by helping us out at the VBS. Amen. So... Uh, lots of opportunities to be a part of the VBS. Uh, obviously, VBS is Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night. So there's a whole bunch of things we need help with. There's, uh, and what they do, if you haven't been here, they, they break down ages and they rotate them through stations in the church. There's a, there's a lesson station, a game station, a snack station, and a craft station. But we need people to man each station as we move them around. Okay, so if you're interested in helping out, this sort of broke down uh, for help for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then what thing you'd like to help with. That also includes uh, leading up to the VBS, uh, some people to prepare and put together the snacks for the night, and also uh, Sunday after church that day uh, to set up the, the stage and the prop for the v VBS, and also then tear down on Tuesday night when it's all said and done. So any way that you want to help, put your name on here. And of course, if you want to help every night, great. If you can help two nights, great. If you help one night, that's welcome too. But uh, we'll pass this around tonight and Sunday, so we hope we fill this out and that we have enough help for our kids. I know last year we ran uh, about 40 kids by the last night, so we need help, all right? So that's what this is all about. So uh, I'll have Mike get this around. If, if it gets to you, you can keep passing it while I'm teaching tonight. Uh, but we just want to get that filled out. And uh, if your name's not on there, I'll call you, okay? So I'm, I'm kidding. I am joking. What I do know is uh, I was a youth pastor for a lot of years, but I also knew I was not called to work with the kids. So um, I, I get it. I understand. My, my very first internship, actually, um, my in, internship, there was a, a whole month in the summer, even though I was interning in the youth department, they had me go run the main kids' church on a Sunday morning. 
And now all that did was reconfirm that I was not called to work with kids. So, and of course, my first job at the first church I had, I was youth pastor, but I also saw, oversaw the kids department. I love the kids, but I know there's people called to do that. Amen. All right, Proverbs chapter number 14, uh, where we're at tonight. Uh, we're in the book of Proverbs, uh, kind of uh, jumping around in the book of Proverbs over this next month or so. The wisdom literature of the Bible, of which Proverbs is a part. So Proverbs chapter 14 and verse number 27. It says this, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. The wage of sin is what? It's, it's death. If you want to w- learn how to live life that keeps you away from what sin is trying to accomplish in your life, which ultimately is death or the result of it, the beginning of how you stay away from the snares of death or the things that cause death in your life is the fear of the Lord. Now, Proverbs chapter 1, let's go to the very first chapter of Proverbs. Let's just throw uh, another verse on top of that one. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 7 says, The fear of the Lord is beginning of knowledge. And, of course, the opposite of somebody who learns what is wisdom, it says a fool despised wisdom and instruction. So if you're foolish... You are not looking to learn, uh, to gain wisdom, to do things that would cause you to grow. You're just more concerned about doing things your way and how you want to do it. In other words, you're not teachable in any way. Ultimately, at the end of the day, that's foolish. There There is a certain pride of man that is deadly to man because pride causes you to think you're going to be self-sustaining, ultimately self-promoting, and you don't need outside help. Pride uh, leads to a certain prideful independence. Well, that's not the way of the Christian life. It's foolish to be that way, but, but wisdom says, I do want to learn, and I do want to grow, and I do want to grow in wisdom, right? As a matter of fact, something I tell you guys so consistently, and we say it again. How many of you have a consistent rhythm of prayer in your life? Good. One of the most consistent things you must ask for is what? Wisdom. Proverbs 2 says, The Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Ask for wisdom if you remember every single day. Because the best thing you can do is learn that there's something beyond yourself that knows more than you. How many of you were a teenager at some point and you thought you knew it all? And everything your mom and dad said, or mom or dad, you just thought they're just the dumbest people on the planet. How many, ever, how many were there? How, okay, yeah. Some of it lasted into your 20s, and you know, some, of, some of it was just wasn't a teenager thing. We can get that way with life with God, that we just, we just know enough. We've got it figured out. Now, now, listen, the best thing you can do is daily ask the Lord for wisdom, okay? Fools despise it, 
Wisdom goes after more wisdom. Okay? So, the root of all of this, though, is what I would call a healthy fear of God, a fear of the Lord. So, see, our revelation of who God is ultimately set the stage for how we respond to him, if you think about that. My revelation, my growing revelation of who God is will dictate my response to him. And when we start to learn about who God is, his attributes and his characteristics and, and, and uh, just falling into this, this capture of this wonder of this creator God that made all things, is all-powerful, is omniscient, he's all-knowing, and all these different things, that creates the base for how I respond to him. So I have a revelation as it's been declared in the scripture, that God is the maker of heaven and earth. Amen. That's a revelation I have in my heart. I have a revelation, as the scriptures teach us, that he is the alpha and he is the omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. That says a lot. If you, if you really dwell on that he's the creator, he's the author of everything, if you dwell on the fact that he is the alpha and the omega, you, you're opening up your mind and your understanding to revelation about really who he is. I have a revelation, the scriptures teach us, that he is holy and he is just and he is true. Amen. I also have a revelation that he is the judge and he will judge. As we say here frequently, when we grow in this understanding and revelation of who he is and starts to capture us, it'll put us in a certain understanding that we say here a lot every time we worship. We were just singing songs together, right? That was an expression of praise and worship to him. We do that as a constant reminder that he is God and we are not. That's why you do it. Because if you were self-sufficient and knew it all, why would you worship something outside of yourself? I mean, if you were self-sufficient and you knew it all, why, why would you pray? That makes no sense. These acts of, of, of worship and these acts of praise and these acts of prayer, all these different kinds of things that we do, there are reminders consistently that he is God. There is a God out there that made all things. He's the creator, right? And I'm not that. As a matter of fact, I'm a part of his creation. That's a revelation of who he is. See, and remember, by the way, before, before that, as we were talking, I don't know, two or three weeks ago on a Wednesday night, remember in the book of Job, after all Job went to and Job's questioning him, the response he got from God was simply this, and where were you when I made all this stuff? Don't think too highly of yourself, Job. Just remember who you are and who I am, right? Because that's who he is, he gets to say that. Is that correct? Again, a reminder, he's God, and we are not. So our, our revelation of who he is will then set up how we respond to him. 
And scripturally, what it's saying here in the book of Proverbs is that the first step of living in wisdom and knowledge, the first step of living a life where you stay free from the snares of death is actually a fear of him. Now, I, I think, I think uh, there may be some people that struggle with that thought. But, well, God is loving and, and God is kind. And as the Bible says, he's slow to anger and abounding in love, right? And he's, he's grace, gracious as far as the day is long. And, and even those that have been uh, far from him, they come, come down the road. And he comes running down the road to meet them and, and grabs hold of them. He's, he's leaving the 99 to get the one. But yet we see in the Bible we're supposed to fear him. But where, where do we find this, this balance here? Now, I have a healthy fear of a God who can literally speak things into existence, and I have a healthy fear of a God who is holy and just and will judge. Now, having said that, I'm not scared of him. I could be, but I'm not scared because I have a further revelation that he is a loving God who forgives and is gracious and is kind and, and, and is slow to anger but abounding in love and, and all those different things. And I understand that if I am responding to his grace and his mercy, I don't have to be scared. But it does not remove the fact that all of a sudden that, that he's sort of this, this Gumby-like figure that I sort of play with and, and, and make it how I want. And, and all he's there for is to give me what I want. It's not that either that he still is who he is. There still is a, a coming great white throne judgment. Right? So I stay within a, a, a framework of a revelation of this all-powerful, mighty God who I have a healthy fear of that causes me to respond to him in a way, knowing on the other side of it, is judgment. See that? When you start with a healthy fear of God, then you open yourself up for the growth of wisdom and the growth of knowledge because that healthy fear removes pride from your life, like I don't need him. And it causes you then to look to him and want his wisdom and want his knowledge and want his understanding and want, want to know what his way is because his way is the best way, right? It causes me to understand that even when he's leading me and guiding me and I don't understand it, that happens at times. Did you realize a life of faith means you'll never understand everything? Or what's faith? Right? What keeps me going in him, when I don't understand, it doesn't make sense, or, or, or whatever you want to say, in the base level is he is God and he's saying to do this. So my dad, let's say my dad, and 
This may not work if you didn't have a good relationship, a good father. But my dad, when he told me to do something, it was in my best interest to listen to him. Now, you say what you want about how you discipline your kids. My house had a paddle. thing was about that long, about that thick, had a handle on it. I remember one time we, came, we, we went back, this is when our kids were little, and so I had two boys. Hope, Hope was, listen, how I many you know Hope? Absolute angel. I, I, I don't ever remember a time when I really had to get after her, I'm being honest. She would be the kind of kid that would tell on herself. Not my boys. So one time we went back to visit our family in Pennsylvania, and I thought, you know what? I, I packed the paddle in my, my uh, suitcase. When I got there, I put it on top of, they had like a cabinet with a TV. I put it on top there, just shoved it up there. My boys need to understand, we're not acting up, especially when we're around family. This is not happening. Don't be animals, right? I, I don't have a lot of rules, just don't be an animal. You know what I'm saying? Have some respect. And her grandma was there. And I don't know which of my boys was acting up. And I wasn't going to use it, but I was just going to remind them. I got this thing, and I went, and it was gone. I said, where did that paddle go? And her grandma said, well, I hid it from you because you shouldn't use that thing. I said, let me go tell you what's going to happen to you when I find it. <laughs> Old lady. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But... But I grew up in a house that had a paddle, man, and, and I do what I'm asked to do or there's consequence. Now, he didn't, he, it wasn't abuse. He didn't beat me and all that, but, but there was consequence. It was in proper framework. I was not scared of my dad because he didn't abuse me. It wasn't like when dad came home, I went and hid somewhere. He wasn't rampaging around the house. I know some of you may have grown up in a context like that. But yet we still had rules. Now, I didn't follow the rules. There were consequences. I had a healthy fear of not following the rules, but I wasn't scared. You see what I'm saying? It may not be a perfect way of talking about it, but I have a healthy fear of God because I know there's judgment. And he's the one who's going to judge, but I'm not scared of him because he doesn't rampage around the house. I actually have a... a, a relationship with him, thriving and, and growing. But the healthy fear puts me in a place where who he is and who I am in the relationship, and the best way to live life is by his wisdom and his knowledge and his understanding and not mine. Therefore, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. Because in that healthy fear, you put yourself right in front of him and say, you're God, I'm not, what should I do? And I think sometimes in the church, we can get a little too comfortable because there, there's a song that we sing in church. It's a, very, it's a, very, it's a scriptural song. Uh, it, it was a few years ago, it was popular in church. I hated the song, not because it wasn't scriptural. I just didn't like it. You're allowed to do that. I still worship when they sang it. But remember that song, I am a friend of God, I'm a friend. Remember that song? Okay. Play that song to death. 
100% true, but, but Jesus, and God, I'm a friend of God, but don't lose the fact that he's still God. You see what I'm getting at? Don't get so comfortable that all of a sudden you feel like you can play around in that relationship. Here's the thing. I, I, I told you this when we were doing our series on friendship. I have, I told you, I have like two or three guys in my life that I'm friends with that they showed up and, and they said, you're being stupid, I would listen to them, right? They, they, have the, they have the authority to come into my life and talk to me. But yet at the same time, I still reserve the right to say no. I don't agree. I'm a friend of God, but I don't have that right with him. Don't forget he's still God. You don't reserve the right to say, oh, yeah, I know you're saying that, God, but I'd rather not. Well, I know, God, you're, you're, you're leading me this way, but I'm, I'm not interested in that right now. How about later? Well, hey, God, even beating better yet. You don't know this is prideful. It's very prideful. God, you know what? I've been doing it this way for a long time. Don't worry about it. I got this. My way's better. That don't work either. Yes, I'm a friend of God. And yes, he meets me face to face like a friend meets with a friend like he established with Moses. But at the same time, he's still God. He's still the creator of all things. He is still the one that is going to judge both the living and the dead. And I can't forget that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom because you submit to him because of who he is. And by the way, it leads into something like, well, the scriptures that I have, that he's given us, I can't make to say what I want it to say. It says what it says. I've got to learn it. Can't play around with this. Right? Uh, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, when it crops up in my life and the Holy Spirit grabs me and speaks to me. Yeah, well, that's God, God getting a hold of me. You need to listen. He's not doing it because he has nothing else to do. Well, I'm bored today. Let me go down and convict Margot. It's not what he does, man. His activity in the world is purposeful. Why? Because he's trying to keep you from the snares of death. Isn't that right? You, you ever tell your kid, don't touch that? And in their little brain, in their little brain, they're going, oh. Trying to tell me what to do, right? Like you know better than me, right? So what do they want to do? They're just going to go touch it. They're going to, they're going to burn themselves. Then they're yelling and screaming and freaking out because they burned their hand. And you're just like, hello, I warned you. I'm not telling you to do stuff because I'm the ultimate killjoy of your life. I'm trying to keep you from the snares of death. Listen to me. I'm wiser than you. I've got more knowledge than you do. Listen to me, please. It'll save you a whole lot of mess. That's what God's doing. But, but if you feel you can just listen when you want and disregard when you want all this different stuff, you're losing a healthy fear of who he is. By the way, so I also teach you to be a person who pleases God and not man. 
right? Who are you going to answer to when it's all said and done? Think about it. You're going to answer to a coworker and giving you a hard time because of what you believe, and you kind of let your guard down with them because they give you a hard time. You know what I'm talking about? And you end up pleasing that person versus pleasing the God of, of all things who at some point you're going to answer to. Right? You can talk about what's happening in society. You, you ain't got to go be a jerk about stuff, but yet we still are called to live according to the truths of the word. Because I'm not going to answer society someday or the latest thing that's going on in, in, in our society. I'm going to answer to God. My will is to please him, not other people or society at, at the whole. But it all comes back to a foundation because at the end of the day, I have a healthy fear of the God who made all things. Amen. But I, I think we, we got to start, again, a phrase we use here sometimes, we got to start calling things as they are. We got to start calling things, calling it out. When, when things in your life that would get in between you and him, that you know are getting in between you and him, and you're allowing it to anyways, you got to call it for what it is. And say, the God who made all things says, that is no good for me. It's sin. Or maybe it's not sin. Maybe it's something he just convicted you and said, that's not beneficial to you. It may be beneficial, okay, for somebody else, but for you, that's not beneficial. Right? Well, what do you love more? You love your sin more? You love what's not been... He's trying to keep you from the snares of death. Think about it. This, this, I, th I think this, that sometimes you've got to try it. You can't, but you, as, as much as uh, I'd like you to, you got to try as much as possible to wrap your mind around this God that doesn't have to but does because he's love, he creates. And then because he creates with free will, we mess it up. But because he's love, he still wants us. And the whole business of everything he does is ultimately for your benefit. And we fight with him about it. Think about it. We fight with him about what he's trying to do for our benefit. Think about it. It's the same thing with your kid. When they go touch the stove, when you said no, you're just like, I'm, listen to me. I'm trying to help you. Just listen. This is for your benefit. And we do the same thing. Just in our, our adult way. Healthy fear of the Lord. 
So we'll start calling things for as they are and start growing in wisdom and start growing in understanding and knowledge, not letting it stay here, but letting it get in here, right? And we'll find our life, though not perfect, we won't find our feet in the bear trap as much as we used to. Some of y'all spent half your life stuck in a bear trap, a snare of death. Chances are there are times it was completely innocent ignorance. You just didn't know better. Oh, my goodness. Well, that was dumb. Right? But I'm telling you, there's sometimes that's a bear trap. I know it's a bear trap. I'm calling it as a bear trap. But, hey, you know what? And we do that, too. And, and, and when you said, that's a bear, and it's not just your brain telling you, the Holy Spirit saying, hey, that's a bear trap. I know it's a bear trap. But you know what? For some reason, I like that. It looks good. It sounds good. Bam! Well, it felt good for a second, but not now. And you spend half your life stuck in a bear trap because you've lost the healthy fear of the one who was saying, hey, hello, pay attention to me. That's not good. I'm getting at. That healthy fear is the foundation for a thriving, growing relationship. See, same thing as your teenage kids. Now, my kids weren't perfect. I could, I could make a list right now. I could blow them out of the water right now, right in front of y'all. I won't. But yet, they did have a healthy respect for us. And even though it always wasn't perfect and there was times of tension and stuff, we maintained a pretty decent, healthy relationship that we still have today. But that takes two people, in our case, mom and dad, three people. Because if they would have chosen not to listen, not to care, do what they want, you know what I'm saying? They, they could have hurt that relationship in spite of our best efforts to keep it right and strong, active, and flourishing. See what I'm saying? But it had to start with their respect because I'm dad and she's mom and you're not. Same thing with God. It, it takes you and him. All his desires aren't going to get anywhere if you decide to do whatever you want to do and not listen anyways. And decide you're just going to walk, stick your feet in bear trap all the time. He's not right. You've got to respect that healthy fear. In other ways, saying, I have a deep reverence for God. I have a deep respect for him. I understand without him, A, I'm not here, but B, I cannot sustain life as he intends without him. I can't do this without him. I am an extremely independent person. Two months after turning 18, I moved 1,000 miles away from my parents, several states over. I left. I'm very independent. I don't ask for help. But I came to a place to learn in my life that I need something, and that's God. 
and I cannot live life without him. And it's taught me a deep respect for who he is. Not just who he is, but what is he trying to do? What's the point, right? So I submit to it. That is why, and I know I say this consistently, that is why I am a big, giant, huge, firm believer. I will argue theologically with you about this. That there are times that you have to get outside of what man makes. In other words, your house, your basement, your bedroom, anything that was made by a man, and go spend some time out in what he made. Because what it makes you do is just look around and go, oh my goodness. You know, you know, the universe calculated is something like 95 billion light years in diameter. That's hard for me to wrap my mind around. You go out, you go out tonight, I know we got all the smoke from Canada right now, but when the smoke clears up, go outside after it gets dark right now, 9.30, and, start, and you just stand there and stare up into the expanse of the stars. I know some constellations. Hey, there's a the Big Dipper. I know some things like that. And I will just stand there and look, and eventually I'm overcome with this feeling like, oh, my goodness, this is massive. And God made this. He literally just spoke it. And boom. He struggle. Didn't try. He spoke it. That, that will cause you to gain a healthy respect for what's going on. I, I, go, I go out and, and, and I look at the grass. You know, the grass that's growing today is an ongoing continuation of the very first time grass was spoken into existence. God didn't have to start it really again. He flooded the earth, but it grew right after that. The tree right out there, that, that's, just, that's an ongoing work of the very first trees that grew on this planet. You see what I'm getting at? It's the wonder and this awe of this creator that desires to be in relationship with you so much that he wants to keep you out of the bear traps, the snares of death. And, and he wants to do it, listen, for you, for you. That he knows you by name, he knows you by the hairs on your head, he knows you because he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He made you very fearfully and wonderfully, as it says in, in the Psalms, right? He desires you. It's this incredible, powerful, almighty God. So, so tonight, as it gets dark, last night I saw the, the, the lightning bugs were out for the first time. You see them last night? Go out tonight. Stay up a little bit if you're not an early, early, early bed person. Step a little bit. Go outside. If you're anywhere near a field, just sit there. You can't see the stars because it's smoke, but you can see the lightning bugs. That's, that's a good second. And just, just watch for a little bit. And let it grab hold of your heart 
that God cared so much for your enjoyment, he made little bugs that have a part of the ecosystem, but do this wild thing, they just light up. Well, you know why they do that, right? Okay, we won't get into that. But anyways, that's their way of finding, anyhow. Uh, so, but you can see that and you enjoy, you can enjoy that, you know that? And God made that for your enjoyment. Now, see, when I was a kid, we used to take wiffle ball bats and run around trying to hit them, and, you know, but anyways, don't do that. But you can watch them now and enjoy them and regain respect for this, this creator God who, if he would do that, cared that much to reflect back on then how much he cares for you, why wouldn't you want to listen to him? And just know that he has your best interest in his mind. Amen? See what I'm getting at? The fear of the Lord. Respect. So, when it comes time to worship, I worship. I'm not the most expressive guy in the world, but I worship. I take time to pray. You know why? He is who he is. I take time getting in the Bible. You know why? Because he gave it to us to learn and grow and see Christ, right? See Jesus. So I want to get into the word. It, it even makes me, wow, watch this, want to go to church. Because he calls us together for a reason. So he says, don't, don't neglect the gathering. Okay, so I won't. You said it. I'll be here. Remember that this Sunday at 8 in the morning. Okay? It's time to get up and get ready. Right? That we live in a response to who he is because I am learning about him, this revelation. Amen? So a healthy fear of let's, let's get it back. Start listening. I, I, would, I would tell you this. I love to talk to y'all. I love to, I love to spend time with you and counsel you, and I'll never stop that. But I do believe that if we would just listen to the conviction of our hearts, a lot of the bear traps we find ourselves in, we won't find ourselves in. And you would cut away probably a quarter of my counseling appointments. Of course, I'm joking. Sort of. Just listen. You stay out of those things more often than you find yourself in them. Right? Amen? Lord, we thank you. We worship you and we praise you. You are the wonder, almighty, powerful creator. And we will never forget it. Never forget it. And I want to live my life in response to that properly, in reverence, in all the level of sacredness that is there. All the while knowing you coming down and meet with me as a friend meets with a friend. And I thank you for that. Lord, so help each one of us. I pray the conviction of the Holy Spirit is very sharp within us, Lord. It's not, it, you don't scream and yell at us, but yet you do speak to us. I pray we hear clearly what you are saying. Lord, as we're living lives and sometimes the ups and downs of it, Lord, help us. As we know you will, keep us from the snares of death as we travel this life. And we will respond to you. We will listen for you are God.
and there is no other. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to continue in Discipleship Sunday. Sunday, the message entitled Cheap Grace. And I mean that in a negative way. All right, so come out Sunday morning. Let's talk about it. Discipleship. Anyway, be blessed as you go. Have a wonderful rest of the week. We'll see you Sunday morning. Bring a friend out.